Welcome to the Berkhamsted Spotlight, Berkhamsted School's podcast channel. Join our weekly guests from inside the classroom to behind the scenes of our day-to-day -day activities through to life beyond Berkhamsted School. Find out what it's really like to be part of our remarkable community. Remarkable community indeed. This is the Berkhamsted Spotlight and today we're talking all about technology and how it impacts our lives and importantly the lives of our children. Sarah Shields is a school governor who spent the last 15 years working for Dell Technologies. She holds a senior position there and, as you'll hear, she's passionate about technology and how it shapes our lives. Sarah is also a parent with two children at the school, which puts her in the perfect place to be a school governor. So if you have children and if they use technology, if they have a phone, if they engage in social media or online gaming, then you're going to love this episode. Come with me right now as we speak to school governor, parent and technology enthusiast, Sarah Shields. Sarah, thank you for being here and welcome to this episode of the podcast. How are you today? I'm marvellous, thank you. No, lovely to be here. It's a beautiful sunny day here just outside of Berkhamsted, so no, all is good. So you're coming to us from your home office today. Uh, just tell us roughly where you live, what part of the country you are. So yes, I am based in between Berkhamsted and Leighton Buzzard. So I'm joining you via 4G um, as uh, whilst I do work in technology, unfortunately, I don't have the best internet in the world, but uh, all is good. And yeah, I'm loving the remote working lifestyle. So when I'm not on a plane or traveling around Europe, I am uh, based from home, which um, works brilliantly. Perfect mix of business and family. So uh, all is good. So before we talk about you being a school governor, tell us what you do for a living in that case. So I work for Dell Technologies and I am vice president of our Central North Europe region. So I look after, I, I like to say it's anywhere that's cold, snowy and interesting. So I look after the Nordics. So Denmark, Norway, Sweden, Finland, Iceland, Greenland. And I also look after Austria and Switzerland. So and I, I specialize in our partners and distributors, which I absolutely love. So it's a great, great company to work for. I've been at Dell for 15 years and just just over 25 years working in technology in various different roles. So whenever I think of Dell, and when I imagine some of the people listening to this think about Dell, they, they may well think about laptops, or at least I do. Um, does Dell do much else outside of laptops? Am I being really narrow-minded here when I just mentioned laptops and nothing else? You didn't say pink laptops, so I think that's a step in the right direction. So uh, no, look, we do a lot more than just, um, just laptops. So laptops is a, a, a really important part of our business, particularly when you look at the last couple of years and the pandemic and, and the need for you know uh, businesses schools to you know to, to work remotely um but no we do everything to do with technology so um we, we're starting at uh, at the edge so laptops desktops monitors all that sort of stuff you know uh, storage servers networking um and then into the cloud as well so we uh, we cover all bases uh, including software and cyber security as as well um, which is as you can imagine becoming more and more important in uh you know in today's world and society no of course 
And you mentioned about remote working and that that's kind of appealing to you right now. What is it about remote working that does appeal to you so much? I love remote working. Um, I mean, we really promote hybrid working. So offices you know, on the go or working from home. But, you know, I, I'm a I'm a mum of two boys and the, uh, you know, just the, the pleasure of being able to, you know, fulfill my work uh, needs and be at home when the kids come home from school and cook tea and do bedtime, etc. I mean, that's just a, a, an utter privilege. Um, and, and it's something that we've really focused on both at the school and certainly in my working life. And that is, you know, how do you empower that hybrid environment for, for both, you know, employees and employers? So it's it's just brilliant. It's just absolutely wonderful. I, I've, I've done it for a long time. I thrive on it. And quite frankly, I, I won't ever change it. So it's great. Fantastic. I'm loving the fact that you're that you're loving this so much. Tell us about your children then. It sounds to me the way that you're talking here that they both go to the school as well. They do. Yes. So um, I, I have two boys. They've been at the school since Stepping Stones, actually. So um, so that's worked really, really well. You know, they joined. Uh, I'm trying to think. I think it was like three and a half, four, something like that. Um, and then went through Stepping Stones to reception through the uh, pre-prep, oh, which is just the most amazing site. I just loved it there and the kids did and now I've got one at pre-prep no one at yeah one at prep sorry and uh and my eldest is now in the boys school so uh it's been absolutely phenomenal so really good and being a school governor at Berkhamsted is is that something that came about after your children started at the school or did the children join the school because you were a school governor there no no um it started when the kids were in the pre-prep and um, at the time, I was doing quite a lot of work with the United Nations. I was doing some work with um, really getting behind women and women in IT. And how do we work with uh, getting girls into to STEM subjects? And, you know, I did some work around Internet security and safety for kids. So working on a couple of government um, committees. And, and, and I had an open dialogue with uh, Karen O'Connor who is the headmistress down at the pre-prep and um, you know I think I'd just got back from Davos and I'd I'd had this wonderful time presenting in Davos and I was telling her all about it and she's like we've got an opening on the you know on the on the governing body Would, would you be interested and so I thought absolutely you know I wanted to take what was what I was passionate about which was you know is technology I'm I love technology uh, don't ask me to fix your computer though let me just be clear but um, I love technology and what you can do with technology and I loved the idea of working with the IT team and with the school and really developing like the classroom of the future and helping the school as they went through their digital transformation so which has been it's been a real honor and delight so it strikes me then that you're more of a technology enthusiast because you mentioned about what the technology can do for somebody as opposed to being a technology kind of geek i guess where you understand yeah. you know the actual yeah. intricacies of how something works you're, you're you're more you're more concerned about what it means what it leads to is that right completely completely a long time ago tried my um hand at computer programming um i, I went and uh, for a short while worked as a software engineer and i have to say i was absolutely dreadful i don't have the attention span to be able to do it but what i love is i love empowering 
companies and people to do great things. Look, let's use the pandemic as an example. Mm-hmm. You know, we were able to you know, get laptops to schools overnight. We were able to work with the UK government and set up the Nightingale hospitals. We were able to work with aid agencies around the world and you know and you know, get get kit out and help people, help you know, help people, communities, children, you know, you know, stay online or get online, stay online. Um, but it goes further than that. I mean, you know, w- you know, people people say, "What did you do at work today?" And it's like, well, actually. I had an amazing, you know, amazing conversation with a company that's trying to cure cancer. And it's looking at the human genome, looking at DNA analysis, looking at how do you use technology and, you know, IT to, to develop the cures for the illnesses of today. You know, we provided uh, data suites for, you know, the vaccine providers. You know, we're working with, um, you know, massive organisations and entrepreneurs alike and, you know, sorting things out like vertical farming, using sensors in airplane engines to cut um, the amount of fuel being used, you know, working with um, organisations on power consumption and, and, you know, cutting the cost of, of, of electricity, which is, you know, something very important at the moment. And the latest one is, you know, setting up a data centre just outside of Stockholm, where we are using fresh air cooling to keep the data center as cool as possible. Servers and storage and computing work very well at lower temperatures. And then taking the heat that is generated, making that hot water and then powering 20,000 homes of families that are struggling with the cost of uh, cost of living crisis. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's that that's what I love. But again, don't ask me to fix your laptop because I won't have a clue. Okay, so how do we stay on top of technology so that it continues to serve us instead of us serving technology? And and where I'm thinking with that is that we're hearing more and more about, you know, Zuckerberg's metaverse and Apple creating something similar and going to be in competition with, with Facebook or Meta, I should say. And on the one hand, there's this being an enabler for us to have virtual meetings, all of us working from home with people around the world, and it can incre- increase connectivity in that way. But on the other hand, it can kind of give a, a view of a terrifying future where we don't actually meet real people and we spend all day with headsets on. How do we get that balance right between the two? I think this is the key, especially the key for parents right now. And I think that um, I'll, I'll use I'll, I'll use something that's based on academia, but has become anecdotal. And that is, you know, the attention span of a goldfish, people think is eight seconds. That's what people tend to believe. The attention span of a child has now reduced to six seconds. Gosh. And that's because of this on-demand content that they are, you know, consuming on a on a daily basis. And so for parents, you know, the the iPad and you know YouTube, you've got to be really careful with how your kids are using that because they're so used to consuming fast videos and fast content. Don't get me wrong, they are learning such a lot. It's I mean it's incredible. I have conversations with my, you know, with my 10-year-old. And we, we recently um, just got back from a holiday in Vancouver and he talked about the war of the pig 
or the pig war and i'm like i've never heard of it before and he's he's watched it on youtube it's been this content that he's absorbed about a war on vancouver island which was one pig and one pig got killed and that's it and it's called the pig war and it's like where did you hear about that i learned it on youtube on youtube yeah yeah then you look at tiktok and you look at you know th these sorts of um applications and you're like it's great it keeps them entertained but and it's a massive but the content isn't well policed it's not factual and your kids are absorbing stuff that perhaps you aren't so keen on all right so and again you've got to be you've got to be aware what does this mean to your to your family dynamic and how does it help your child socialize because if you if you talk to to kids how are they socializing i see way too many young kids on whatsapp or on snapchat or on yeah you know, facebook for kids isn't cool because that's the stuff your mum and dad use but you know so you know, you but instagram you've got this very you know shallow world that kids are getting used to and it does limit how they are able to interact on a social side Simple things as they as they get older and they get into you know an environment like in, in a workplace and you know they they don't know how to they don't know how to deal with conflict for example mm. Mm. they mm. don't know how to deal with you know situations that they're not comfortable and confident in because in an online world you can either just close your application or walk away um, and you can't do that in the real world but on the flip side. In the online world, you can't switch off because it's always there to taunt you. So my goal in my own parenting and, and what I do with various groups and whatever is to try and say to parents, be careful. Technology is fantastic. It's just the most wonderful opportunity for everyone. But go in with your eyes open. If your, if your kids can get around your security on your Wi-Fi or devices or whatever, you're not doing a good enough job. You're not keeping them safe. Snapchat and the, um, the locator on Snapchat where you, know, you can see where kids are on a map, switch it off, switch it off. You do not want the online community knowing where you are. So I just think that we need to understand what the kids are feeling and being exposed to. But how do we get that balance right then between looking after our children and doing the right thing in that example of, of the map location and our children feeling the need to be one of their friends? Because maybe in a group of 10 friends, all of them are on the map and you know not a single one wants to be left out Do you know that is that is the problem and you know kids kids want to be part of a uh, of the group culture but it's through it's through educating parents and it's like how do you publicize to the world when you're out have your kid on snapchat with the live maps so how do you make sure that anybody who wants to rob your house knows your house is empty. Put map locator on Snapchat. If you have got any kind of predator in your area, how do you want them to know exactly where your child is? Put Snapchat maps on. Mm. 
no mm. no parent no parent is going to want that no of course yeah. Yeah. and mm. and and it's interesting because you know if you look especially during the holidays and you look at the kids that are you know skiing in italy or you know away in america or in the caribbean or whatever they haven't gone on their own they're with mm. their parents mm. and that means the house is probably empty yeah. no, it's a wow. very good point very good point. I'm going to go and, yeah, if I'm the local burglar, I know where I'm going to start. So that's that's one thing. The, you know, the simple things are screen time, limit screen time. You know, again, there is evidence around the impact of blue light on sleep and learning. There is evidence around kids that have unlimited screen time becoming obese becoming less likely to thrive in sports and, and things because they're so sedentary. Um, you know, and, and it's things like that, you know, limit the screen time, encourage family time, you know, look at things like when you're sitting down and having, you know, dinner together, no phones, you know, and, and, you know, when I talk to parents that haven't put those restrictions in place, when your child gets to like, 15 16 17 you've got no chance you know you've got absolutely no chance so it's things like that but at the same time having a career in technology is the best place that anybody could possibly work because technology isn't going away talk about job creation and you know job long or career longevity go into technology, machine learning, you know, artificial intelligence, you know, don't be afraid of it, become part of it. It's absolutely incredible what you can do now with AI. And you look at like the what, what Meta are doing and Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk and that, right? you know, these are these are phenomenal entrepreneurs that are really looking at how can technology become the future. And for any child today, I say, Go start your own company. Go and invent something in technology, using technology. You know, build it up for something special and sell it and make millions and then start another one and make more millions and sell it again. You know, that's that's the future. You know, and I listened to some of the kids at the school and I'm blown away by their interest in things like robotics, in you know what the school has done around um, 3D printing and DT and, and how they bring technology into the classroom. And, and our kids are just getting this amazing opportunity to see what you can do with tech, not just sit there and watch rubbish on TikTok or play Fortnite. And it's when you let your kids just do those sorts of things that you get the downside of, of technology, particularly things like Fortnite or Roblox or you know these games, which are, first of all, not age appropriate for many of the kids that are using it. And they're not age appropriate because they're violent and because they enable chat I remember um, I've got every like security protocol on, on our network I'll here bet you at do. home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we went on holiday and we stayed in a hotel, and and this is years ago. So my my kids, my kid, he must have been, I don't know, eight, something like that. And I caught him chatting to somebody online, and he'd never been able to do that because I've got all those functions turned off. 
and I've, it's now turned off on the device as well because the games progress and you can put more security in there. But the person he was chatting to, there was no way it was a kid. It was a man. It was a man. And That's worrying, questions isn't that it? We were asking. Yeah. And, and I'm like, this happened to me and not being funny, I'm really informed. <laughs> so so if, if it can happen to me, it can happen to any parent. So you've got to be careful. you just got to be careful. Sarah, in your position then as a technology enthusiast and someone who's also passionate about parenting, it sounds to me like, how does that help you as a school governor at Berkhamsted? Do you know, I, I am so thrilled to be part of the school's journey. We have the most phenomenal IT team. And again, I keep referring back to the pandemic, but you can't not refer back to it because of the seamless transition that the kids had and you know you've got the rollout of um, surface devices. You've got the um, infrastructure that's in place that enabled remote teaching, and you've got those kids that needed the continuation of education. They didn't miss a day. They didn't miss a day, and 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 that's absolutely phenomenal. And 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 you know what we're doing at the moment, and how you know the school were dealing with. Um, cybersecurity, for example, it's it's absolutely leaps and bounds. Most other schools. Now, I recently, as part of what I'm doing, I spoke with the IT team and got them to do an evaluation with using the Dell tools. And you know, and by the way, you know, the the, the school can buy Dell, but we're not, obviously I'm not influencing <laughs> no, that. I'm just about the technology. But um, we we ran we ran our diagnostics, and um, our education team turned around and said that, in their opinion, Berkhamsted was one of the best schools in the country, if not the best school Gosh. in terms of its IT infrastructure. Wow. Now, that's unbiased. That's unbiased. You know, that is, you know, we would love to have gone, oh, well, this isn't right. This isn't right because we could, you know, <laughs> try and do a deal. But no, no, the school, the way the school approaches IT is absolutely first class. And it's important that when you choose a school, or when your kids are in a school that you have such a forward thinking, you know, a, a IT strategy for a number of reasons. So the first reason that is obvious is you want your kids to, to have the best. I mean, at the end of the day, that's why we choose Berkhamsted. It's certainly the reason I chose Berkhamsted as a parent. But it goes further than that. It's how are we protecting the kids and how is the school protecting my data? You know, how is the school doing the right things for for me and making sure that my information isn't out there? And and again, speaking to the team and to the board of governors and to the exec team and the school leaves no, no, no stone unturned. And, and that's super important. It's also about the classroom of the future and having the vision, because it's all very well having the school up to date for today, maybe tomorrow. But what next? You know, what next? What happens next? What What is it that kids are going to want in their learning environments? How do you look at flexible learning, as an example? You know, how do you make sure that kids can learn anywhere, anyhow, and how they want? Remember, that attention span, it's a fact that it's gone down and teaching methods have to adapt because of that. And, and so I love the fact that the school is completely on top of that and has the absolute latest in technology and can develop 
those inquisitive, curious minds that will be the entrepreneurs of the future that take whatever the Elon Musks and Mark Zuckerbergs can think of, take it to the next level. What next? That'll be our kids that think of that. And I love it. Amazing. It really is. It's great to hear your passion coming through for all of this, Sarah. I'm keeping an eye on time because we need to bring this episode to a close now. But I just want to say thank you so much for your time. It's been so good hearing from you about technology, about how it changes us as people, about how we can use it for the best, but also be cautious about where it can not be serving us in, in the right ways, but also how that affects your role in a positive way as a school governor. But thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. It's absolute pleasure. And and you know, my final my final words would be, you know, one of the things that's great about Berkhamsted is that it gives the kids access to the latest technology. It shows the kids what you can do with the latest technology and it keeps them safe. And you know what? I think that's what we what we need from every school. So no, thank you. Great being here. So that was Sarah Shields, school governor and, as you can tell, technology and parent enthusiast. Sarah, thank you for carving out time in your diary today for this episode. It was great to hear about the dangers of misusing tech, but also the opportunities it presents to young people today. Now, our next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.